Welcome to Sonoma Ashram's podcast, Sunday Satsang with Babaji. With great love and respect in my heart, <clears throat> I welcome you to this beautiful Sunday morning. <clears throat> Every week we get a chance to greet each other see at least virtually, it warms my heart to see you. Thank you for being here. Before we begin, let's just take a moment to arrive. Wherever you are, just settle down. Close your eyes. Lighten your mind. Invite that peace, calming, cooling sensation in your eyes. Relax your facial muscles, neck, Shoulders, spine, soften the belly and get grounded, grounded. Imagine the breath rising from the navel towards your heart. As you breathe in, as you breathe out, attention coming back to the navel. As the breath comes in towards the heart, beautiful lotus opens in your heart. As the breath goes out, the lotus unfolds, closes. In breath, opening the lotus, out breath, closing the lotus. On the next breath in, keep the lotus open and detach it from the breath. Just let the breath come and go. Your mind is totally focused on the lotus in the heart, fully open.
and slowly we open our eyes. <clears throat> Thank you. Here I am at Upasna, sitting in a freezing room. With the morning began with technical difficulties. The fire became smoky. Everybody sitting here and wrapped in blankets. If they had paid attention, they could have come earlier and lit the fire but probably waiting for somebody else to do it and nobody did it. It happens. If we're living in a family, it's everybody's responsibility to think what is happening. Can I do something? Or just wait for somebody else, then everybody suffers. It happens all the time, even in our families or we live in an ashram or anywhere. If we're not mindful of what's happening, even keep an eye, is there something I could do to prepare? Or we could be just caught up in our own little story and when the time comes, then we all need something to deal with that. So here is Babaji sitting in a freezing room, surrounded by seven, eight people talking to you. Then the computer froze all kinds of things happen once you are in the wilderness. Wi-Fi is weak, but we'll make it work. We just came out of a beautiful Triratri. The silence. the nature, when you become silent, there is really nothing to say, nothing to say. First, we start with the silence of the mouth. And begin to pay attention to what thoughts arise. But if there is a lock here, you have to look at that thought. And once we begin to look at the thought, we see it's really not that important. A majority of our thoughts, 
don't need to be paid attention to. In the beginning, there is a little restlessness when you begin to observe silence. Because we are used to that thought going out, speaking out, that energy is released. When we don't release that energy by speaking, that energy begins to build up inside. And that buildup of energy causes little restlessness, little uncomfortable feeling. In the beginning, as you sit with that little discomfort, the nature of that energy begins to shift. it begins to rise upward. I'm sure many of you are aware of silent retreats. For some, it's very scary. I know people have told me, Babaji, I can't imagine being in silence for three days. It's not impossible. It's called austerity. Any kind of yogic practices require austerity of the senses. It's not a punishment. We have to look at our attitude towards it. If we think, oh, it's going to be uncomfortable, it's a hardship, if that's the mindset we enter in it with, it is going to be difficult. But if we enter with a mind of a seeker, a practitioner, a scientist, we are all scientists. We are exploring something within. If we enter with that mindset, it's a beautiful experience. Yes, that's going to be a little uncomfortable in the beginning because mind is habitual to do certain, to be certain way. And once we put a little stop on that, all that energy that flows becomes accessible to us. You see, energy, shakti, energy is energy. The very nature of energy is to flow. If we are not mindful, that energy just flows downward. Flowing downward means it's dissipated in meaningless acts. When we stop, the flowing of energy in useless things. Now I'm calling it useless. Why? 
because usually we spend the energy on satisfying the hunger of the senses. Nice things to see, nice things to smell, nice things to touch, nice things to taste, nice things to hear. We are spending our energy just fulfilling the hunger of the senses. During these kind of retreats or practices, first thing that is done is curb the desire of the senses. It is called austerity. Austerity is not a punishment. It's a self. We have given ourselves permission to experience the world in a different way. And these kind of retreats, people observe silence, then eat less, very simple food. Very, very simple food and eat very little. Now, why to eat less? That's also punishment in a way. If you got a fridge filled with all kinds of stuff, why to eat little rice and dal khichdi? Whatever we take in, we have to spend energy processing it. Think about that. Whatever we take in, be it through our taste buds, tongue, whatever we hear, we take it in, whatever we see, we take it in. Whatever we take it in, we have to spend energy to process it. During these kind of practices, we conserve the energy and stop it from flowing downwards. When it is conserved and stilled, it begins to rise. And that is called the rising of the Kundalini. Kundalini is the name of a Shakti that sits at our core. Yogis try to awaken that Shakti through various practices. And these practices that we do are very simple and uh, it requires little self-preparation, but it's a beautiful experience. Our body is a perfect machine. Energy is constantly bubbling. Energy is constantly bubbling and getting dissipated in various activities that we do. But for a yogi, any activity that does not nourish the soul, that does not uplift the soul, is a wasted energy. Usually we make all kinds of efforts to feel good in the moment. If our goal is just to feel good in the moment, that feeling good comes 
through satisfying the hunger of the senses, it's fleeting. It's fleeting. We all know very how much effort goes into preparing a nice meal, but a few hours later, that turns into something totally different. And we want something more. So that's how we keep doing. Keep taking it in and turning it into waste, turning it into waste. It feels good just for a little time. Yogis talk about pursuing the thing that is lasting, the joy that you receive that's lasting. And that joy is experienced only when we have practiced how to raise our Shakti upward, not dissipate, not keep dissipating, raising the Shakti upward. Anyway, I would just, um, this Triratri was on my mind. I just gave you a little glimpse into it, that what is, what is it? These three days uh, we have carved out throughout the year that people could go a little deeper. The Sunday satsangs, little talks, and we keep reminding, but if there is a hunger to go deeper, I think this is a very beautiful way to enter in it with preparedness. It's something to look forward to. If you think it's a hardship and it's hard and I can't do this, then definitely it's not the time. But if there is the hunger to experience something more, this is a beautiful. Now, you don't have to just do it at the ashram. You can do it right in your home. How about carving out a day of silence? Think about that. Don't have to make a big deal about it. If you live with some people, you can prepare them that, okay, one day this month, I'm just going to observe silence. Or you can take one day of fasting. Just fast for a day. Fasting is very good. It's good for the health. It gives the body a chance to recuperate. Maybe a day of off the screen. It's all austerity. Please look at this. How we live, live our life, we have a certain pattern, we have certain way to be, and we just keep on going. The joy is once we begin to play with it. And this is the best way to play. Give a little austerity, bring a little austerity in your life. This is the yogi's way. Yes, we complain just like I was complaining in the beginning, it's cold and this and that and that, but we move on. Right now I feel totally, I've forgotten about the cold and I'm looking at you and speaking with you and it's totally different. 
So lots of things are just in the mind. Mind is habituated to certain things and we want it and it also suggests life will be better if I have it, but that's not the truth. During this three Ratri, there came a day. Dadu had made a beautiful, very delicious khichdi. And it was served, everybody was sitting around. And I took my first bite. A thought came in, ah, it will be really better with lily yogurt. See, the, the thought comes in. It was a very nice dish. But the thought came in because I like to have, this is my, I'm habituated to have lily yogurt with my kitchen. Then I stopped. Had I not paid attention to this little suggestion of the mind, the little yogurt, I won't be happy till I got the yogurt. And it was easy, it was right in the fridge. I could have gone, gone and gotten it. But I tried to make it a moment of austerity. And I said, I will have yogurt a little later, but let me taste this first. And when I began to taste the dish, began to taste different textures of different lentils and the vegetables and rice and the spices, that idea of having little yogurt was gone. I'm telling you this little, because it happens to us all in our everyday life. A thought comes in, a suggestion of the mind comes in that I'll be only happy if I have that. And we can go and spend our whole day pursuing that. If we are able to recognize this and find joy in what is in front of us, we'll find the same satisfaction. But the mind says, I'll be happier only after I have this because of the habit from the past. That is the time of practice. The mind suggests something extra. Can I live with what I have in front and find a way to appreciate it? This is a very powerful practice, actually. You know, practice that we talk about, spiritual practice, it's not just sitting with your eyes closed and opening and closing the lotus and breathing through the left and all this. Let's bring the practice in our daily life. Begin to pay attention to the suggestion of the mind and then separate yourself from it. I'm not saying that don't pay attention to all the suggestion of the mind, but once in a while, that comes in, just look at it. Don't just totally give yourself to it. With each thought comes tremendous amount of energy. 
imagine the energy that would have taken for me to get up, go to the fridge, get the yogurt, or if the yogurt was not there, then some other drama will start. I saved all that energy just stopping and putting my attention into what is. I have some people who have everything in life, but one little thing is not there and that becomes the source of unhappiness. Having everything that can bring joy, but one thing because our mind is totally focused on that, and that is not happening, then all this becomes meaningless. If I had not taken this time to be in a carved out three ratri time, it might have been In my, I might, may not have experienced that, but just because I gave myself permission to these three days of austerity, and then we begin to look at our thoughts and our habits, and it gives us a glimpse into ourselves. So today I'm just bringing it to you that you don't have to come to the ashram to do these three days of silence retreat. Try to do this in your own home. Maybe think about carving out a day every month, a day of fasting. If fasting is too hard for you, maybe carve out a day to be silent. A day when you read less on the screen. A day when you speak less. and be ready to be uncomfortable. And that energy that's trapped into that being uncomfortable, watch its transformation. And this little practice that we do, <clears throat> bringing your attention to the navel and with the in-breath opening the heart lotus, out-breath closing the lotus, this is, this practice will come to your side, that uncomfortable feeling that begins to gather at the navel as you begin to breathe in and open to your heart. You'll see that energy that's making you uncomfortable makes you feel elated then later on. We are all alchemists. This is alchemy. This is the changing the nature of energy, of discomfort into joy.
any kind of energy that gathers within us in the form of thoughts, even the energy of grief, energy of sadness, energy of loss, How can we transform it into something different? This should be the spiritual work. If we are just totally trapped in it, then we are in bondage. Our work should be to free ourselves from it. And this little practice that I share with you every week, raising the energy from the nabhi, from the navel towards the heart, is a very powerful practice. So whatever you are feeling, whatever you are going through, if you pay attention in the beginning, it's just through the mind. like a record stuck. When you want to work on this, sit down, lie down, be in a comfortable place, bring your attention to the navel and let the breath rise to the heart. As you breathe out, let the attention come back to the navel. Just do this 10, 15, 20 times and see what happens. Whenever you are going through discomfort, any of these emotions, if you pay attention, where is stiffness in your body? Your eyes are become stiff and your belly tightens. These are the two spots you will see. These kind of things affect us. Whenever we are uncomfortable, these are the two spots in our body that tighten. Eyes, stiff, eyes become stiff, belly becomes tight. And that is the time when you're looking at yourself to first go to soften your eyes, soften your belly, take a nice deep breath. Soften your belly, soften your eyes, welcome a nice deep breath from the navel to the heart. Doing this 10, 15 times, you have already done the outcome. You have shifted the nature of energy that's making you uncomfortable. I will stop right here, right now, and I would like to welcome <clears throat> any questions or any anything, and then after that, maybe open up chat rooms. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to speak with Babaji, 
you can chat me a question and I will relay it to him, or you can let me know via chat that uh, you'd like to speak with him directly. Baba G, there's a question. Uh, question for Baba. If I wake up and decide I wanna go out and buy a cup of coffee, but then decide to not pay attention to that desire and settle for a cup of water instead. Is this a good example of austerity? That's a perfect example of austerity. But then again, are you feeling deprived? Are you feeling being punished by yourself? When you are drinking that water, when you are drinking, are you thinking about coffee or you're thinking about the water? Taste that water. Welcome that water in every single cell of your body. So send suggestions that ah, every single cell of my body is being irrigated right now. It's, and feel their happiness. So this is how you, act and also give it support of your mind and your thoughts. Otherwise you are drinking water and you are thinking, oh, the coffee. So let your mind be with the water and feel the happiness of every cell of your body being irrigated. Taste the water, be with the water. Then you are drinking the water. That was a good question, yes. <clears throat> There's a couple more questions coming in. Uh, so question, what happens when the Kundalini rises? Hmm. Many things can happen. If you are not prepared, it can cause havoc. But if you are prepared, it makes your heart smile. It's a question that, it's a, when the Kundalini rises, it rises on various levels also. It can give just a little smile or sometimes through some, I've seen people do some strong practices without preparing the body, then that energy can go in a wrong direction and make you do all kinds of stuff. But the Kundalini that rising that I was talking about is just a very simple, simple smile in your heart. Yogis say once the Kundalini rises, you are in connection with the divine. You have become divine in that moment. But there is a process to it. I have seen um, in the 60s, all the all kinds of gurus and teachers came in and they started giving out Kundalini awakening practices without preparing the person. 
if the pot is not mature enough, you pour things into it, then it disintegrates. So without preparing the person, without preparing the container, if you can pour energy into it, then it can cause havoc. I have seen people gone crazy trying to awaken Kundalini. It's a very gradual process and it requires preparedness of the heart, preparedness of the mind, preparedness of the body to be able to contain the full awakening of Kundalini. But we can all experience little awakenings here and there, just get a taste of it. And through these little practices that I was talking about, just curbing your desires, curbing one desire, and just playing with that energy, directing that energy, you can get a taste of it. There are practices that can light your body and fire, but I won't give it to you because your body is not prepared, your mind is not prepared, your heart is not in the right place. So, It's a big topic, we'll talk about it some other day. If I do a day of silence, do I need to not do other activities like read or internet? Is this counterproductive? It's a silence. On a beginning level, silence of the mouth, not speaking, but the really silence of the mind. If you want to go in that direction for silence of the mind, then if you're reading something, you're seeing something, you're hearing something, it's all going to, then you will be processing it inside. And they, that will not give you silence of the mind. So if you are observing silence, in the beginning, you can read, write, do whatever, but ultimately, you know, you're working towards the silence of the mind, then those things will not be very helpful. But in the beginning, do that. So at least you can start here. That's the baby step, starting with the silence of the, the mouth. But next time you can add a little bit more to it. That okay, I will be silent, but I will not read. So go step by step. I don't want to load up so much on you that it's hard. So you take baby steps. First observe the silence of the mind, then stop, don't even read that day. Can meditate, you can repeat your mantra, you can sit with your breath, breathing in, breathing out, or whatever. So build on it. Don't take up so much in the first time. But if you want to, do both together. Be silent and don't read that way. 
you're living with people and I have seen people do silence, but they're still texting. So it's uh, at least you are engaged in the world and you are doing out, still maintaining. But the next step will be that don't even do that. Don't communicate with others. And that's why taking out these two, three days, that's why we have designed this three Ratri, that once you come to do this, you're really prepared to disconnect. Disconnect. That makes sense? Questions, Baba. Uh, let's see. Next up is when fasting, is it best to go a full day with no food at all, or can we include water, tea, or coffee? Liquid is good. That's a, again, that's a different state. In the beginning, uh, liquid is good. You can have some water, you can have some, some people even have some yogurt or something. But if you can do just with water, that's the best thing. I have seen people who do nirjala. Nirjala means not even water fast. But I would not recommend that to you if you're just beginning it, begin with the water. And uh, if water is not enough, maybe have a little lemon, lime water, lemon, and a little honey in it. You can have that two, three times a day. Start it from the morning and end it the next morning. See how good it feels. And Start with one day first. Next uh, is how does yoga affect the rising of energy? Yoga is not only physical yoga, hatha yoga. Yoga is a very vast field. But most of the time people think about yoga is the physical exercise, the asanas. By doing asana, the energy flows in your body. If, it, if it's stuck somewhere, it just begins to flow. Your body becomes flexible and you feel good. Then there is other kinds of yoga. So yoga basically helps the flow of energy of your body. Any energy that's stuck anywhere begins to move. Next is speaking of Kundalini, is that what Sarkar Baba is saying when he says, if you could see reality, you would see everything on fire? 
Kundalini. <coughs> is basically named for the Shakti, the energy that runs our body and also that runs the universe. So it's a name for the Shakti. There is a Shakti within us and there is Shakti all around us. It's all energy. So when Baba speaks about Kundalini, he speaks about all pervasive, all permeating energy. It is through the practice, practices, yogi is able to <clears throat> connect the energy within oneself with the energy outside. And they're able to do uh, all kinds of things with that. When your energy within you is connected with the energy outside, there is no separation. But there is only separation of this outline of my body. But it feel like you take a pitcher filled with water, place it in the middle of the ocean. Think about that imagery. A pitcher filled with water being placed in the middle of the ocean. What is inside is outside. That's just a little wall. If I take this and fill it with water and put it in the water. Water is inside, water is outside. Just this little wall gives a feeling of separation, but actually it's all connected. Baba, but when you say at the beginning, what do you mean? Just like I say, take three deep breaths. That's the beginning. So any process that we do in yogic practices, there is an initial state that we begin to work on. So that's what I mean at the beginning. questions, Babaji, about, I think there was about the Pasana 10-day sit, someone references uh, someone going off medication and having mental health issues. Um, and so sort of keep suggesting for people doing silent meditation retreats. <clears throat> Start with one day. then three days. Go slowly. I'm not a, um, I don't think that people who are, are not prepared should just go and sit there for nine days, but that's my thinking. Some people may have some experiences. There are, but I believe in going slowly, steadily, you build upon one step at a time. Um, 
start with one day fasting, one day of silence, and then do it for three days, then do it for nine days or whatever, but please go slow. People going off medication, <clears throat> you don't just stop it, cold turkey. Go slow. There's a comment. Uh, just wanted to mention I had a week of austerity during December snowstorms in Pioneer. No PGE hot water or central heating. Propane gas fireplace for heat in the living room. 20 degrees outside with snowed in. Cooked on propane camping stove for hot water for coffee and bird baths and small soup and oatmeal meals. Uh, not easy. But I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> if you had just given a permission to yourself that, okay, for this week I'm camping. Because it's all in the mind. If I could just give myself permission to enjoy this life for a week, then I'm camping and I'm having fun. But here I am, and if I'm thinking about all the comforts I could have and I had and I wish I had that, then it's then it becomes a punishment but if you give yourself permission okay here it is and now i'm going to just enjoy camping then you will have fun okay shannon so um, thank you everyone uh, for being here and see now the room is warm and everything is comfortable and so thank you all